0: Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. I want to go ahead and squash a rumor right from up front. And that rumor or that misperception is that I am an entrepreneur. Uh, People send me stuff all the time thinking, oh, you have two podcasts and you write books and you try all these other things. I I do that because... I need attention, okay? I'm not I'm kidding. Uh, I Honestly, I hope I'm kidding, but I'm probably not kidding. (laughs) That might be part of it. Uh, I do not have an entrepreneurial spirit. I am a very good wingman, but if you want me to come around and start a business, get it off the ground, or or even plant a church, I'd rather throw myself from the top of a steeple. I do not have that side of me, but I do have creative side, like where I'll start a podcast or I'll do that kind of thing, Uh, so I guess you could say I do have some entrepreneurial spirit, but... I would argue with you that if I really did have that kind of a uh, attitude, the things I've attempted would be a lot more successful than they have been. So say, lovey. But in this episode today, I have my friend Mark Jones on, and Mark and I are old college buddies. Mark does have an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, a side of him that just is always. Wanting to start something, be his own boss, and the reason I had Mark on is because he has not managed to pull that off yet, and we'll talk more about this in the episode. Uh, but he's somebody that's that's very driven, um, very willing to bet a lot on himself, put his money where his mouth is, and I think a lot of people in this country or in the world, really on Instagram and all these million different apps, a lot of people have gotten dumb luck and they've made it, it seem like success is just a matter of working hard, and while you must attribute hard work to most success, there's also this thing called a lucky break. And you don't hear it talked about very much, but Robin Williams was one of the only person I ever knew that said of acting, you know, there's a lot of luck in this business. And sometimes you gotta be in the right place at the right time. So I really like the idea of the the phrase that success is hard work plus opportunities so we're going to talk a lot about that today and honestly if anybody has any ideas on how to promote podcasts or monetize them i am all ears because i this is not my thing but but you know i like talking to you guys can somebody back a brother up here every walt disney needs a roy disney and i don't know who i am i don't even think i'm a walt disney is there a carl disney maybe i'm carl disney anyway here we go We are here tonight with my old college buddy, Mark
1: Jones. Is that short for something? Uh, you know, uh, some people think it's short for Marcus, but you'd be wrong. It's, yeah. it's Mark, like the Bible. Straight up Mark. That's right. That was your
0: nickname in, in college, That's straight right. up Mark.
1: <laughs> you know, my I tell people this. My mother told me that um, I, had, uh, I was the only Mark Jones in the world. And... <laughs> Once I uh, became an adult, I realized that she was just trying to make me feel good. Wow. What else did she lie to you about?
0: (laughs) What's our topic tonight? (laughs) Accomplishing dreams and you can be anything you want to be? It's funny. That's one of the nice things about, I hate my last name. A lot of people don't know this. I don't like Tony because it's just everywhere you go, it's like, oh, Tony. Or they'll say, what's your last name? Say, Tony. What's your last name? I'm like, Tony. I can't hear you. Uh, but then there was no other Tonys ever until the Gators had a player this year. T O N E Y. Oh yeah. They're like oh Tony. I'm like oh okay. I'm yeah. not a freak anymore. <laughs> um, well, what's your backstory, Mark?
1: Uh, walk us through your a little bit of your history here. So um, let's see. I'm, I'm an engineer. Um, I, uh, right now, I lead uh, uh, the engineering and business development teams at a small energy company. Uh, my background is, um, you know, I always wanted to be an, uh, an inventor when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, played a lot of Legos, you know, very cliche. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my parents told me, you know what, you can be an inventor when you grow up. And, and I was like, okay, great. You know, and, and you're the
0: only Mark Jones, probably the, the,
1: only the only inventor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so w- once I kind of connected the dots and realized that, you know, uh, engineers typically, you know, invent a lot of stuff. So that, that kind of career path mm-hmm. was, was set for me. Um, but my family, my background with my family is, um, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. So my, really, my, uh, grandparents my great-grandparents were entrepreneurs my grandparents were entrepreneurs my parents were entrepreneurs wow um, all own their own businesses any um, successful ones yeah, they were all successful. We all came um, to this
0: country, <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's a it,
1: it, it's not like they were all kind of in the same line of business. Like my parents, um, they ran a mortgage company. My great grandparents um, retired uh, in the early '40s um, after developing a a trailer park, or as the modern real estate investor says, a mobile home park. <laughs> Is uh, that an offensive term now?
0: Put it up there, Mr. Potato Head. That's right. and keep moving.
1: And my wow. my great grandparents um, had a had a really successful business, it's still in our operation today a foundry where they were pouring steel things like that really so kind of you know all all over the place but um everybody always worked for themselves and i was uh i, I took the corporate path out of college uh, market was market was poor uh when i graduated yeah. and had a really Obsession. good yeah yeah had a, had a good job offer and and went and started working for the man and um <laughs> so, <laughs> and but regretting it, it ever since <laughs> Uh, so,
0: was this like kind of a, like a Jones mentality of like, we all do this. Like, are your brothers and sisters the same way? Or did you kind of pick up the entrepreneur spirit? Yeah,
1: no. I, I think we've all got this, almost like this problem with authority in a sense. Not, not, like, not like rebellious, but just don't like taking direction from mm. other people
0: not so much punk rock as you are <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know the five o'clock somewhere country boys or yeah, something yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so my family like there's traits in my family of like I, I don't know we don't have like this genealogy like you guys do and like starting my own business, I, you know, I should have known I was going to get into sales. When I was a kid, I started selling our old toys. I'd bring them to school and it's in a, a shoebox, And uh, I was like, oh, would you like this McDonald's toy? Well, I bought, you know, I sell it 50 cents and here I am today doing sales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what was it like for you? Like, did you start up businesses back in the day or were you more just like, I got to be an engineer because that's going to give me the tools I need to to use in the future? Or was it always like
1: because you, you, yeah, you're not yeah. somebody
0: that's like oh i got this new
1: dog washing business it's gonna be great right. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> like uh, the homer simpson you yeah, know <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, no so uh, as i was thinking about this um everything that i did uh sort of entrepreneurial um pre pre-college was all just focused around doing so it, it wasn't necessarily you know i i, I want uh, to achieve this or accomplish, it was just like, hey, you know what? I've I've been cleaning my parents' pool. I bet I could make some money mm. cleaning the neighbors' pools. Um, but the the first actual business, if you will, <laughs> that I did was um, I needed uh, I needed eighty dollars to buy Sega Game Gear, and <laughs> and so the, the 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 significance of the Sega Game Gear was um, it was the color. Toy, right? At the time, Game yeah, Boy hadn't right. come out with the color one yet. So, yeah. um, I, I wanted the Sega Game Gear, and my parents were like, Well, you're gonna have to come up with 80 bucks on your own. And that was a lot for a, you know, eight year old kid, whatever yeah. I was. So, um, I, I somehow figured out how to host a, what I called a mini carnival, uh, in, in my street, my block. <laughs> and, um, I, 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 I Developed all these games, these yard games, activities. You know, you you, you give me twenty five cents and you can ride, uh, you can ride my skateboard around the block. And, wow, and you rented out your toys. Yeah, man. And we should I had, have gone into business together. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I had I had people lined up to spend money on wow. these little activities, and and it, some of the stuff was so stupid. Like I can remember very clearly, it was springtime. My mom had a flag hanging off the front deck with with some flowers it was like the spring looking flag mm-hmm. and there were three flowers on it and if a kid paid me 10 cents i'd give him a ball and let them throw it at the flag and try <laughs> to hit the, hit the. but so what what wow. was what was really entrepreneurial about this was um i figured out i needed to do something to make some money and i employed my friends mm-hmm. and and there were three of us and we just we 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 hustled the the whole block um how long did that go on for I, I think it was about two weeks but it, it wow it finally got yeah, sh- shut it was it was funny my we lived in, a, in an area where there were toll roads at the time and so each night my dad would come in He'd be like man you got all these quarters i need some quarters for the tolls." <laughs> <laughs> um, and my parents finally shut it down when the neighbors um they had babies that couldn't sleep because I would ride up and down the street every 10 minutes, just yelling mini carnival. Oh come my over gosh. here at 2561 mini carnival.
0: That's so funny. And then the FCC got involved and really shut right, down the regulations. Right, yeah. Like what kind of <laughs> ramp is this? This is not uh well, the big question is, did you make enough money to buy the game gear?
1: I did. I wow. did. And so it was, it was kind of right at that, that point where my parents said, Hey, you know what? You got enough money to buy the game gear. You're waking up the neighbor's kids. Let's <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Good on your parents. Well, so that was the first time you
0: tasted success of like, oh, I could do this. I can generate money. But so you're you're somebody that doesn't like to sit still. I think you and I kind of have that in common of like, oh, he's got to be doing something. Uh, the other thing we have in common is that our side projects, lose more money than I
1: that <laughs> This is where is right. we're
0: going with this. Um, I will say this. I think in the future you're going to be interviewed on bigger radio stations, bigger podcasts, and I'll always be your first. I'm glad <laughs> I could take your podcast virginity. Are your parents listening? All right. Um, <laughs> I do think you're heading somewhere, but tonight we're talking about the struggle. We were texting over something, uh, Jobs and Mark started joking about a, a business that he and uh my buddy our, our buddy Mike Barry from the minor profits group uh started, home chirping <laughs> we just got talking like, oh, this would make a great podcast episode because you haven't quite made it yet. That's like right. we're both in the right. struggle together. So walk us through your adult life, your attempts. Um, you know, how many business attempts would you say that you've you've given at least a the old college try oh, to? Oh
1: gosh. Um you know, it Innumerable, <laughs> that way. My my wife uh, was joking with me before I came over. She said, "You know, Mark, the word entrepreneur is really code for just buying a bunch of domain names and forming a bunch of LLCs." Uh, so. Thank you, my rock. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'd say you know stuff that's stuff that's at least had some measurable amount of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd I'd say it's it's embarrassing. It's, it's probably north of 50 Wow. Um, stuff that ha, I've, I've actually spent money on um, is, is probably um, somewhere around, uh, I'd say a dozen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff that actually like, Hey, this was viable. And I, and I put, I put significant time into it. Um, probably four or five different, different projects.
0: And uh, you know, what, what, what were they? What, which ones would you talk about? Like, Oh, this was a great, this actually had some steam. Just gonna get it moving yes because the way i look at my books and stuff i'm like they're great nobody knows how great they are. i'm the only one that knows how awesome they are
1: well so let's let's be clear to all the listeners i am not a successful entrepreneur i'm 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 what uh what they call a faux entrepreneur you, you just talk about entrepreneurship all the time at least
0: you don't have a linkedin where you're like i'm ceo of mark jones industries or like we right. all know you're full of it <laughs> that's right
1: that's right um no so so i wrote down a few um you know we could talk in in uh various depths about each of these but yeah um uh, for those of you who uh, who are dying to know I've got some props on the table here oh, yeah um, just to to showcase uh, some of my uh, attempts um, one of them is a shadow box that's got four lures in it that was a business uh, I use air quotes business that uh, a buddy of mine tried to uh, start in I don't know. Maybe we were fifteen or fourteen, something like that, where we were going to hand carve these lures and, and try to sell these. Oh wow! Um, and uh, it, it didn't go anywhere. The, the The product of it is I've I've got you know a couple of. Lures. Did you manually <laughs> carve them? I did. I wow. Did. Uh, I, I, uh, so that sits in my closet. Were they effective uh, <laughs> with fishing? No. No. <laughs> The funny thing was, I read about this in a field and stream that was like, here's a great way to save money on lures. And, you know, maybe it cost me two bucks to make Mm -hmm. each one of those. Um, But it was like 15 or 20 hours to whittle this little thing out of wood. And then (laughs) you got to paint it and you got to stain it. And oh man, Um, so that, 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 uh, that was a very early one. What was Um, the name of that one? mako m-a-a-c-o and okay. that was very very classy it was just the amalgamation of our two names Ooh, clever so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like to think like all 50 ideas have some mixture of your name that's like right, that's this right. is carmo
1: Industries. So. <laughs> oh man we laugh but it is true i've got a bunch of llc's <laughs> that start with j-o for jones you're on a
0: show called the john and tony podcast so i'm not gonna throw stones
1: <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say though with that mako one my heart was broken when i um, i found out that company mako they paint cars or something like that i was like oh they took our name <laughs> um uh a, a couple of other ones I, I kind of got the the internet business bug maybe 5 years ago I was like man people make money on the internet why can't I make money right. on the internet and so I, <laughs> I started going down this path of um well let me just film stuff that's going on um and uh or film something that somebody else is doing something that somebody else is really successful at so my mom is is um uh, a lifelong artist and she's a teacher and I thought man we could do this business where she teaches people how to paint. Cause she teaches live classes. You mm-hmm. know, why don't we just film it and then put that online and charge people money for it. Sure. Yeah. They'll pay for it. And that was, <laughs> that was kind of around the time that, that uh, website, I think it's called Udemy was getting oh, started yeah, yeah. where like, you know, people started. So um, obviously they had the idea before we did, but um, not, not before I, I filmed my mom painting some canvas. <laughs> you put it on YouTube times. or something? No, I, it got to the point where I think she, she was like, all right, I got better stuff to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she didn't catch your vision. I think oh, it's so yeah. relatable because everybody's had the same exact idea of like some idiot has done this successfully. And I think that's the problem with like the Instagram culture and everything is like a lot of dumb people fall and get lucky and get lucky successful. And they then they write a book about like this is all you got to do is just like – marry a rich person yeah. is essentially what it comes down to <laughs> but we've all had those thoughts of like I could try I could do that um, right, right. so what else what else did you work on um,
1: so uh, w- one of the other internet businesses I just got to bring this up because again my wife was laughing um, as I was uh, talking about this but uh, so I-, I like to make barbecue and um, I actually have um, for those of you who are interested award winning barbecue whoa uh, yeah it's a personally developed recipes taking a lot of years but um, <clears laughs> what, the, word, what award the, well so I, um, I beat out three other guys at my uh, annual church uh, cookout okay uh, but yeah. it was a big church and it was in <laughs> south carolina so oh, okay that's yeah know, that's Right, something. there's some serious competition so i thought you know what man people would people would die for this recipe um so i i filmed the whole process and um i was about to put it on uh, online and my wife was like you know let's this is a pretty good secret let's hold off on this and mm. and i had a bunch of other irons in the fire and and jumped onto something else and so that's actually a, a theme of this stuff is um my my advice to anybody who wants to actually uh, turn their side projects into actual businesses—don't mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tell your wife—is <laughs> is to 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 not uh, not get distracted with. Um, what's most exciting, or what what looks hmm. like the fastest path right now? And um, a friend of mine who is actually a successful entrepreneur gave me the advice that you want to take all that energy and push it behind one spear to pierce the skin of that woolly mammoth, rather than trying to get him with five different spears. Gotcha. And so that 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 had been a struggle of mine for a long time was I I was I was too I was spread too thin, hmm. and and I didn't give the effort that any one project. You uh, were more really so
0: needed. like throwing against the wall, seeing if anything caught and basically yep. trolling for yep. you know, like,
1: it, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so what else you got? Let's see here. Now, uh,
0: one of your uh, endeavors is turning waste into energy and I'm assuming that's what this bucket is.
1: That, uh, no,
0: <laughs> the bucket. <laughs> okay, there, good. <laughs> the, the
1: bucket is, um, a store bought, uh, ice cream container that, um, uh, we had this idea that, uh, kids want to take ice cream with them wherever they go. But, um, you know, you can't transport ice cream very easily in a purse or a baby bag or something like that. I've tried. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, so the, the idea was... Um, uh, like a Yeti cooler or something, you know, something that's got really good insulation mm-hmm. um, allows that stuff to 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 stay cold for a long time. Um, but it's all rigid, and so I was trying to develop something that was disposable or pliable that mm-hmm. you could refill. Um, and so I bought some some products and, and started prototyping. And so that's you built this bucket? This one I bought.
0: Okay. What's Um, inside
1: is what you were developing? What's inside? No, this is a (laughs) store-bought product. You take the lid off, you put a pint of Ben & Jerry's in there, and you seal it up. So this was the next best product on the market at the Uh, time. Oh, Okay, so Uh, this was
0: the goal, was to... what this to is improve
1: doing. this to no improve no it. was to was to find something <laughs>
0: this looks like basically a, a potted plant with a spoon engraved great looks like han solo frozen in carbonite if, with the spoon on top we'll have photos for reference later yeah but
1: it, it, this was a really really bad idea so
0: you want to figure out a way to make ice cream on the go you essentially invented the snow cone
1: but that's good. I mean, that's a nice start. <laughs> sure. Sure. Let's, let's run with it. Um, no, so, some other ideas. Um, uh, here's a good one. Uh, a friend of mine had developed the, um, the whole business plan for farming grouper. So if, mm-hmm. if, if you're not a, a coastal or seafood person, grouper is a really prized, um, uh, fish for, for consumption and, um, You can't buy farm-raised grouper. You can buy farm-raised trout, tilapia, salmon, things like that. Uh, But grouper is all fresh caught and shipped. And so this whole business was built around – changing that model and and farming it and so he gave me the business plan and said mark look we developed this i haven't touched it in years you know run with it if you want to so mm-hmm. i spent a lot of time working on that and i and i knew a guy with a mutual friend of ours who's mm-hmm. who's uh, really into the farming business um so we spent a lot of time noodling on it and <laughs> he pointed out to me um despite this this perfect business plan that makes a lot of money And is viable, and there's a demand for it. That there was a a fatal flaw, which was um, he told me. He said, "Mark, it's practically a miracle that grouper spawn in the wild. There's no way you're going to be able to get them to spawn in." in a in a in a farm farm environment rare? yeah i mean and- you
0: grouper everywhere you go is it not really grouper
1: they just caught that so so there is <laughs> there's an element to that um but I, I i'm trying to remember i i think there's something like and maybe if you got some biologists on this this uh, podcast that listen yes
0: we we have most of the intellectuals listen to this show <laughs> you know our guests are right dan tripletti come on that's yeah, right
1: dan knows all about all about grouper grouper spawning uh so i i think the the female lays the eggs, and then they just float around. Mm-hmm. And then the male, you know, releases his seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just kind of float around in the ocean. And eventually, they they collide. <laughs> Magic and, happens, and, and then that's how a, how a grouper is made.
0: So, so the idea of farming them is to put them in a contained area and then hope they do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and then raise them up from from a uh, from an egg all the way up until market ready. So what? So what happened? How far did you get with this?
0: The grouper business.
1: So the 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 whole model is is built out, and and we were looking at you know, okay, where could you uh, make wh- groupers? <laughs> There's
0: a Google search I've never
1: put in. <laughs> where where could you you know where could you put this this plant this factory? Mm. Um, who are the customers? Things like that. And and I admittedly I had spent a lot more time into this. Um, before bringing in his opinion, which I should have done earlier, mm. because he pointed out the the fatal flaw. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else you got? Uh, like these are fun. We can do so night. Uh, let's see um, some uh, uh, some stuff I've learned along the way uh, that that lead into some other ideas. Um, the guy Mike that you were talking about that we started that home chirp business mm-hmm. with, um, we sat down with a friend of his, and uh, he asked a question. He said. What could you do tomorrow that you could sell for a dollar? Hmm. And I thought, I don't know. I don't think I could do anything. And that, that was a really interesting question for me. This is uh, before that business? This is before the, the home here. chair business. Yeah. We we were trying to kind of, you know, feel out some ideas. Um and I, I just didn't know. And you know, I, I came from um uh, the corporate world where I was really deep into product design and development. And I, and I knew engineering really well, but I didn't know how to, how to take a product to market mm-hmm. um, and how to sell something.
0: So in your, in your current field, let's, let's pause on the entrepreneurial. And, what do you do now, and does any of this like kind of lead into to the stuff you've worked on, or it's completely separate worlds, or no, do you there, see there, any similarities? There's
1: a lot of overlap. Okay. Um, so, so where I am now, I've got a, a nice blend of, of business development, which is you know kind of like the fancy word for sales, mm-hmm. um, and it's, then
0: it's <laughs> how you do sales without paying them commission. That's the fancy way to do. It. That's right. Because I've right. been in business development, <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and so it's a blend between that and and engineering. And mm-hmm. so um, I develop and energy projects um for for large power plants across the globe what's a what's a project look like in your field uh, simplistically um, uh, aftermarket products for power generation plants so um, like a supercharger for power plant. so your power okay. plant makes you know so much electricity you put our product on and you make 20 percent more electricity
0: uh, okay okay so you're developing the service for these other plants through your company right you guys like you could buy our service and it's a, it's a do you actually sell an actual product? It is, is a it product. Yeah, product, it's a product okay. that we
1: manufacture and, and we, we install. Okay, so let's jump back into pre-home chirp. What could you do for a dollar, nothing? I, I couldn't do anything. And so it, it really led me to this, this path of like, you know, what how, how am I going to be an entrepreneur if I, if I can't think of anything that mm-hmm. somebody would actually pay me to do? And and uh, how far out
0: of college were you at this point? Um
1: uh, I was probably seven years out of college, seven or eight okay. years.
0: How many uh, ice cream in a cup businesses did <laughs> you start at this point? <laughs> Where are we at?
1: So the, the same guy that asked me that question um, also told me something. He said he was looking at my experience, which at the time was, was designing gas turbines. And you don't need mm-hmm. to know what that is. But he said, can you take gas turbine technology and apply it to a different field mm-hmm. that – that hasn't had that much development in it and make a business out of that. And so um, hmm. there, there was some crossover with um, gas turbines and boat propeller blades, you know, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, and I, I love the Marine industry. And so I spent a lot of time um, redesigning some, uh, some, some boat propellers, mm-hmm. um, which was very interesting to me. I'm sure all of your <laughs> listeners are like, who we is like, this guy? If Jonathan? I could <laughs> spin that propeller fast enough, maybe the grouper will fall in love. <laughs> he is the only Mark Jones in the world to, <laughs> to, to, be able to think about this. Yeah. So an- anyways, um, uh, I, I, I was, I was late at night, um, looking through all this patent literature to see if somebody else had done this. And my heart sank when like, I found this, like, you know, thirteenth dependent claims somewhere out that Yamaha had published, anyways. Mm. So the, the whole thing was 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 nixed. But um, again, the idea was, what what skill set do I have now that I can apply to a different market? Gotcha. So you started thinking more creatively of like. Not
0: just what's something I can find in my garage and turn into cash, but how can I use this business knowledge? How can I use the stuff I've been developing and apply it to something yep. on the side gotcha and
1: and I think that was really instrumental for me as well because you you know you hear the cliche things you know do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, and yeah. I always thought you know that's that's kind of silly uh, I, I never subscribed to that, yeah, um but what I learned through many of these businesses is I didn't really have the interest in it to mm-hmm. to work on it when it was hard to work on it. Yes. I right. So yeah. when, when the ice cream stuff started melting, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not really that interested in ice yeah. cream. So
0: people, people kind of see through that stuff too. Um, a lot of the phony businesses are like, I get a little weary of, uh, like people that just started a self-help thing or something. I don't know. Like, why don't you host two podcasts and not make money on anything? And then tell me, no, but like, <laughs> but no, you're exactly right. Like this, this idea of like, would you do it for free? Maybe, maybe not. Obviously, you want to make money if it's a business side project, and we're different in that sense. Of this is not as expensive as putting <laughs> actual investments and pitching it to investors. Um, but yeah, you you have to take a general interest in what you're doing, or you're just gonna burn out. Yep. Uh, but there is a line I think where it crosses over because I, I I feel the same way about the advice to never do it or to work a job you love, you never work a day in your life. I'm like, well, they won't pay you to do it if it's that much fun, you know? Uh, but to find some enjoyment in it, I think is huge. Um, so let's jump back into the story.
1: So where were you? So, um, kind of jumping around a little bit, but I I think we should touch on the the home trip that we've talked about a few times. Um, so, so before I I kind of describe what that was, um, another lesson learned in that was we spent way too much time worrying about what the name of the business was. Mm. And, And this is, I think what the text that that spurred this uh, oh, podcast yeah, yeah. was like <laughs> home chirp and it's like <laughs> i would say that to people and they're like what home home what I so you know chirp like a bird like, oh, what that doesn't make any sense yeah.
0: <laughs> you know how your fire <laughs> smoke alarm will annoy the bejesus out of you by chirping well what, what if we <laughs> what if you named your business after that
1: yeah uh, so it was um I really wanted home to be in the name of the company because of what, what the service was. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, you know, home was just any domain name was, was taken. And so we were just like, you know, home table, home sky, home blue, home, you know, just anything. (laughs) And and we, so we settled on home chirp because somebody else apparently had said that was stupid. We're not going to buy that domain name. So it was
0: available (laughs) for us.
1: (laughs) So what was home chirp? So, so home Chirp was this idea that um, when somebody buys a house on average, they spend, $11,000, um, getting renovations done right when they move in. Mm-hmm. And when, for those of you who've been through a, a house purchase and you get a home inspection, you get this inspection report and it says, here's all the things that are wrong with your house. And if, if you're not familiar with renovations or handyman type stuff, you, that can be pretty intimidating. You, I don't know what, you know, what has to be done, what's dangerous, what's, you know, stupid. And they're just throwing something on here. Right. And so the, the whole business was, if you get that report, submit it to our website and you know the, the idea we never got fully to this speed but the idea was you know in a 12-hour period you would get three bids on every defective item on the home report mm-hmm. and you could pick out you know which one you okay i want i want this price on that one this price on that one and and the contractors would come out and do it for you yeah yeah so 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 the idea was when you get the report back you can pick out which uh, which contractors you want to do this or that yeah and where we ran into a problem was um, Angie's list and um, what's the other one home advisor mm. were were really kind of the kings of that market which this kind of competed with but um you know our story was well Angie's list is just signing up any contractor in the area and marking them as a ref- you know a uh, 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 Angie's approved like or whatever. It's like premier Yelp almost. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um but ours was supposed to be more customized and very specific and targeted towards that home inspection report. We solve that problem that you have. Mm-hmm. And so the realtors liked the idea because oftentimes a home inspection report can can jeopardize them closing their their contract right Um, yeah but on the flip side the realtors wanted to know who all of our contractors were because they didn't want some contractor that they were unfamiliar with doing work for their customer and so we we ran into to several problems as we were trying to figure Mm. out this business which was one who was our customer we Mm. didn't know was it the homeowner was it the contractor was it the realtor was it the home inspector uh, but w- like we went to home inspector trade shows, we went out to lunch with realtors, we met with marketing people, yeah, um, and we we did all this stuff. We we and I think I think you may have used our service at one we point. Did. Yeah, so you're sitting in the house. <laughs> that's right. We, that's right. We worked with uh
0: Mark Riccaboni. That's who, right. That's right. Well, yeah. I'm going to try to get on the show. Actually, he started a business. He started a successful business, <laughs> uh,
1: so, but doing home inspections and y'all work yeah, with them. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we. We learned a lot. Um, ultimately, what happened um, is we didn't have the uh, the bandwidth to be to develop the business like it needed to be developed. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we were kind of like, you know, ninety five percent in our jobs, and then five yeah. percent on the side. Um, and it, if if this business were to ever have succeeded, then it, it would have needed a lot more investment than we gave it mm-hmm. um and it would have needed somebody that actually knew much more about coding than what what we did you know <laughs> what we learned in engineering yeah. school uh so that that was a big flaw and then we just had i think limited interest in in that i mean we saw like there was a need but it wasn't something that we you guys like,
0: are both like builder or handyman like loves tools but there's a limit of what you can do like in versus what a contractor like that's all they do is drywall or yep you know, and siding and stuff like that. Um, so that one, how long did it take? And maybe use a few examples. Like how long did it take before you, you kind of called it quits? And if you, if the listeners are familiar with, um, Seth Godin's book, the dip, he talks a lot about quitting and like knowing when to quit. And it's actually a strength. So I don't, I don't say this of like, when did you fail? Realize you failed, but when did you say like, all right, time to cut this lure loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So bring um, it back around. We
1: we, um, we were having a lot of trouble getting good contractors signed up. And that was our whole thing was like, we didn't want Joe Schmo. Like we wanted a players. Yeah. Um, and, and we weren't going to send Joe Schmo over to do somebody's, somebody's house. Cause it was all reputation for us. So yeah, exactly. we had a really hard time getting um, contractors to commit because what our business sounded like was like Angie's list. And and they're all like, man, Angie's list makes me put my credit card in their bank, and then they rake me over mm-hmm. the coals, and and so we couldn't get over that. Um, we had a, I'll call what a, a what I'll call a hail mary. Um, a friend of mine who's in the insurance business uh, worked with a company that um, basically supplied contractors to the insurance company. And he said, Mark, you just need to partner with those guys. They've got all the contractors for you all across the country. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, great. So I set up a meeting with them and, and we were, we were close to coming to a deal. Um, and I, still to this day don't know what happened other than i think they found out that we were nobodies <laughs> they were like these guys punch way above their weight uh, um and we're calling them that's on
0: amazing it. you even got to the interview like the meeting with them i could just see it going down like oh we got a call today sir with
1: home chirp <laughs> What? Shut it down. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. So it got to that <laughs> point where, I, you know, I, once that fell through, I was like, man, I don't know that we can keep pushing on this. And then yeah. m- then meanwhile, I was also working on another project that I had much more interest in, which was uh, the, the power generation related stuff, which is my background.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that uh, you're you're currently working on Are you still uh, that
1: maybe is been like
0: a side project that made it all the way through. Or? Yeah.
1: So the, this, this brown bottle that's sitting on the table. Here. I thought that was a barbecue. Sauce. <laughs> no, okay. no, that's that's waste. Oh, um, seriously. Yeah. Oh man. Um, You're going to open it. <laughs> no, it would stink up your whole garage here. Thank you. Um, so th- that is, um, I- I'm, st- I'm going to call this, um, a success story. Okay. Um, even though the story's not over. So, um, that is, is where I am today, five years later, after kind of throwing in the towel on home chirp and, and jumping all in on this other project, this power generation project. And so I started developing a project, uh, to use swine manure for power generation mm-hmm. and, um, that ended up uh, the the people that I was trying to partner with to do that uh, didn't have the the time to go and so anyways that thing ended up going by the wayside but I I had kept that sort of theme, that energy theme, that waste to energy theme going for several years and ultimately developed into, um, bounced around in a nonlinear path to where I am right now, which is, um, negotiating a contract with, um, a producer of some waste material, um, and, and brokering that to a consumer of that waste material. Wow. And so, I mean, I've got a, I've got a contract right now that's outstanding that, um, if, if those guys are listening to this podcast, please, um, <laughs> just return the contract. I've been waiting very patiently.
0: So this return contract, would it be enough to like kind of take it off and running or is it just the first step of many? Um,
1: it, it, it could go either way. It, it, um, it, but it would be the most successful thing that I've, that I've done. Wow. Um, Selling poop. (laughs) (laughs) This man is driving around with poop in his truck. (laughs) But hey,
0: somebody's got to do it. That's right. That's right. You got to shovel it. So what what do you think you could have been more successful had you quit your day job? Because... I, I hear this like from entertainers that just happen to made it or make it or something like unless you live and breathe your craft like how is she gonna make it I think they're I mean if they made it like I, I suppose there's an element of truth it's hard for somebody like me that's like if I go all in on whatever my dream is at that moment uh, my family's got to eat and so I've I've come to the really appreciate my day job because it gives me the ability to do podcasts at night that I enjoy and you know the bills are still paid. Looking back, do you think like, oh, this could have actually made it, or are you glad that you kind of didn't give up on your day job?
1: You know that that's a that's a good question. I have learned a lot uh, in my day job, um, and I couldn't be doing what I'm doing with the waste of energy stuff now without mm-hmm. what I've done over the last you know 12 years of my career. Um, but you know, looking back, it, it's it's hard to say what what would I've done differently. I mean, there's there's part of me that says you know I, I would have liked to have just gone and tried something after college when the stakes were low yeah and i didn't have that's how i feel yeah right and then there's times where i think you know maybe maybe had i just quit working for the man and just tried to figure something out um then the the necessity of providing for my family would have helped me get Mm -hmm. there you know my dad told me that one time which is you know you'll find a lot of motivation mark when you've got um, you know, the family to feed and you don't have, you don't have a job. Yeah. Um, I I do really believe, um, that, that if I left my job and jumped all into something, I would be successful, but I have not been able to do that. Hmm. And so, and I think that is something that you you haven't been able to do it because you haven't seen the right opportunity or just can't bring yourself to, I can't can't bring myself to, to do it. I mean, I've always got to have like like hold on to that that yeah. security, and yeah. that, I think that's I think that's a honest and real struggle that a lot of people have. You know, sure. this idea of entrepreneurship is really sexy because you know Mark Zuckerberg's an entrepreneur and and he's a billionaire. Everybody,
0: right? and, and your idea of entrepreneurship is uh, Steve Jobs and these guys. Like that's right, that's it's right. Never
1: the the dude that made it or tried to make it and bombed out. You right, know? right. Um, and and so I I really think that. Um, when the time comes, and and I do part ways with uh, you know working for the working for the man, the W two job, um, I do think that I will find success mm-hmm. at what you know how, however I define success. Yeah, but I but I do think um, it, it is something that a lot of people struggle with, and um, you know entrepreneurs um, are the ones that are able to actually um, uh, jump away and and live with that risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's something about an engineer that it's, it's a, it's a, it's maybe a little bit harder for because you, you, you want to calculate everything yeah. and, and you want to see a clear path and it, there's not a clear path. Yeah. And I think it's,
0: it's so discouraging sometimes cause you feel like you didn't give your dream your best shot. Cause I think about that same thing all the time where I'm like, man, right after college, I had nothing, like literally nothing going for me, but it was a recession. And so I grew up pretty poor. And so every every chance I had, I'm like, don't blow it. Don't blow it. Like you, you can't go do it. You have no fallback. Uh, and so that's always stuck with me in the back of my head of like, you don't get a second chance. Like there's no reset button. And so I I'm in my thirties now and I'm just like, God, dude, what could I have made it? Could have whatever. But I often think about too, like, well, let's say you would have like found some path of success. Who's to say you would have been super successful, had a marriage that's still together, that kind of stuff? I wonder sometimes along the ways of like, what did they sacrifice? These people that we we hold up as a beacon of American iconism and success. If you look at their personal life; it kind of sucks, you know. Is yeah. that who you want to be like? Um, but what sacrifices, you know. Well, all things considered, where you are now, what what sacrifices do you think you have made?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great lead-in. Um, I, I do look at, I think we all look at uh, who society has said has has been successful or who has made it, and mm-hmm. and you don't see what's uh, what they're missing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I do you know leading into this, I do think that um, I've been incredibly blessed with uh, with what I've been provided and the family that I have, and mm-hmm. and um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, so I I have. I have made it a point to um, entrepreneurship um, is not more important to me than my family. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't want to sacrifice my family. So what sacrifices have we made? Um, you know, some of them are, are kind of funny and, and a little silly looking back on. But uh, I remember when I I started this blog. Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. It was called Entree Dad, right? <laughs> that's real. That's really unique. Um, it's not embarrassing. I had a MySpace blog, so <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> um, so so I remember starting Entree Dad, and I had to like sit down. And I had to write these blog posts. And I remember looking over my wife on the couch, and it was, you know, it's the evening, and the kids were to bed, and I wanted to be watching TV. And I was mm-hmm. like, one day when we make it, we're gonna look back, and I'm gonna sit I was sitting here writing a blog while all my friends were having fun watching TV. <laughs> and so that uh, you know, if you want to call that a sacrifice, call it a sacrifice. But I mean, some of the some of the harder stuff is is like um, you know just the hours. Um, you know, I, I work a full time job and it's yeah. it's not a forty hour a week job. It, it's more demanding than that. And so trying to find time to work on this stuff, you know, the the best that I've got is I wake up early. I've got maybe an hour, hour and a half in the morning before work and then, you know, staying up late, I've got a couple hours mm-hmm. um, each night. And so, um, it, it, it does just start to feel like a grind. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, how, how COVID I'm sure feels uh, for everybody, yeah. right. You are just sitting at home all the time, you know, things are loosening up now, but you know, yeah. lo- this time last year, you're sitting at home all the time, nothing to do. And it's just groundhog day, day after day. After yeah. day. So it, it, it can feel a lot like that. Some of the some of the more funny sacrifices. Um, this this bottle of brown stuff here, um uh, that it's it's a, a nasty, smelly waste. I, I got a five gallon bucket of it from somebody and, um, I was sending some of it off to a lab to get sampled and I needed it to be nice and mixed and homogenous mm-hmm. as I was pouring it in. So I got a, a, a big, um, five gallon bucket paint stir that you attach to your drill. You mm-hmm. know, one of those are like yeah. a big, big paddle. It says so out in the front yard with oh the with the drill, just stirring the stuff up and the flies are everywhere. Uh, and
0: Mark lives in Ponte Vedra, by the
1: way, <laughs> 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 oh it was it was nasty. Yeah. And, and so I I put all this stuff in little um little bottles and um the next day I went out in the garage and the bottles were like starting to, to, to swell like a, oh like a Coke can. And I had, I had cracked the lid on one of them. And this, this waste like spewed all over oh my, my shirt. Gosh. Oh. Oh, it, was, it was like, Oh man. It's a real nutty
0: professor moment. Yeah. Like Eureka. Oh, you're stinker. <laughs> yeah, that, I got to cut that joke. That was terrible. Here's uh, <laughs> on the fly here. Um,
1: so oh, oh, and, um, there's another thing that um, something else that I learned along the way um, is the concept of learning from failure. I think that's something that's really easy to say. And people always talk about that. But what does that actually mean? And maybe everybody knew what it meant. I, I, I didn't until I, re- <laughs> I read a book. Um, but the idea of learning from failure is um, and this is why I think this waste of energy thing has has some legs for me right now is um, there were so many waste to energy failures over the last five years that I'd worked on that learning from failure is okay. I did this and it didn't work. I'm not going to move on. I'm going to do the same thing, Hmm. but a little different. And uh, so I think about like the, the home trip stuff, if we would have, you know, we, we effectively failed on that. Right. Um, but if we were to do that again, there's different ways that I would approach the same business. Um, And so that to me, that's learning from failure is, is, you know, yes, I failed in this business, but I'm going to try this business again, just a little differently. Not I failed. I'm going to take those failures these yeah. learnings and then go try something else it's i'm going to try i'm going to keep pushing on the same thing just a little bit differently it's like the edison idea of the, the light bulb exactly over and over yep again. yep wd 40 409 all the cleaners <laughs> right <laughs> anything with the number behind it that's right
0: <laughs> uh, mission impossible six you know they're that's gonna right. get it right of these times so let's talk a little bit about your marriage because you're married uh like around 23 24 uh 24 Yeah. Actually, I played in Mark's wedding. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So, what's it like with your wife? Because, you know, my wife is super supportive of this stuff. And I think she. She's supportive if she believes in my dreams. That's one of the things I reasons I fell in love with her in the first place is like I'm like, oh, this girl gets me and like really sees the vision. But I also think she's supportive of my dreams because she knows if she's not, it's gonna bottle up and she's gonna have to just listen to <laughs> me talk. She's like, go talk to Mark for an hour in the garage and I won't have to be on the other end of this. Uh, but one of the most profound things she said to me is, you know, I had a moment of like I've been writing these books. I wrote two books and blogs and all this stuff, like and and feeling like I think they're good enough. I've read, I've read a lot of terrible books out there. I'm like, mine is just as terrible as some of these other ones that made it. Uh, but I just was like, screw it. I'm done. I can't keep doing this crap. I hate people now, you know, stuff. And then the, the night went and I, I quit. I was like, I told Brittany I'm done. And she was like, you shouldn't quit. And I'm like, no, I just can't do this crap anymore. And then I used to write in the mornings before kids. Uh, and uh, I woke up. I'm like, well, I'm not writing today. I'm like, whatever. And I just was like wandering around the house, like, bumming around. And, uh, we ended up like having to talk about it, and Brittany was like, "I think you need your writing more than anybody else needs your writing." <laughs> and it was like most profound thing she's ever said. And she's like, "Of course, other people need it too." But yeah. so I think she gets that about me of like he needs an outlet, you know, especially especially during COVID, um, not seeing people as much. So let's talk about your wife, Kirsten. In What's your relationship been like with this and she obviously married you because you're a driven guy that's part of probably what attracted her to you uh, but what's what's it been like for her and, and how does she come into some of these projects?
1: Yeah so I'd, I'd say you know where we are right now I, I, I'd, I'd say you know the way that Brittany um, is supportive of you is, is certainly how she's supportive of me I mean she is she is a cheerleader for me she's in my camp and she's on board and and wants to help and and do what she can to to push me um, and and see this succeed mm-hmm. when we when we first got married, that was not the case really Um, really yeah so she she came from a much more conservative uh family and and my family was you know by the background i told you was much more risky yeah and so i i feel like i'm I'm not very just risky. just see her
0: family just being like, sure, <laughs> about this Jones boy, this family drives around with poop in their car. And <laughs> I started to stir, stir in the pot in the front yard. I don't know about these Jones
1: folks. So so she was, um, you know, like I, I consider myself um, risk averse, but to mm-hmm. her, I'm, I'm very risky. Interesting. Um, and it it took a while. There's a couple of, of key moments, seminal moments, if you will, um, in our early marriage that, that kind of helped bring her on board with, with where I wanted to go with this. And one of them was we had, um, uh, some close friends that had started, um, uh, a, a retail business selling some food product and we were sitting down to the, uh, with them to lunch and they asked me, they said, you know, they're telling us about the business they said, Mark, you know, what do you think we should sell these things for? And so I said, well, how much does it cost you to make them? And they said, well, I don't know. And, and I like looked at Kirsten, and so when once we left lunch, she was like, "Mark, if they can start a business, we can start a business." <laughs> she <laughs> caught the dream. She caught the dream. So that that was that was one thing where she was, you know, this 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 mystery or this aura of running a business to her was like, oh, maybe it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to trivialize anything, but but that was that was one hurdle that that she came over. Yeah. Um, another was um we we had this desire to to lead a, a well-run business by, um, by strong leaders and Christian leaders. I don't know if I can say that on this podcast, but oh yeah,
0: yeah but, you clearly don't listen to this
1: show, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, so we, we wanted to lead, we wanted to be Christian leaders of a business that loved our employees, um, and that were impactful in our community. And when she, she kind of got behind that idea of, you know, yeah, let's, let's do something, good for our community and our mm-hmm. area um, and, and be kind of a beacon of light um, in a, in a culture where, um, you know, so many people are, are caught up in their careers and, you know, either hate their careers or, or it's a source of anxiety mm-hmm. or it's a source of, you know, whatever reason we, we wanted to try to lead a business that, that countered that. So she kind of caught the purpose
0: of maybe the entrepreneurial spirit of like, oh, how can we do something with maybe more than money? Right. yeah
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that has that been part of the driving factor for? Her? I'm sorry, I cut you. Off. Yeah,
1: yeah, no. That um and so that that was kind of like the next um catalyst for for her. And so it it was about that time we we were probably, you know, 2 or 3 years into our marriage where she was like, "Okay, yeah, I think I think I'm on board with this." Um and I and I support you. And so then from there it was like, "Okay, you know, how do we how do we do what does this look like? Do we you know, we were living out of state at the time. Do we mm-hmm. need to do we need to move?" And you know, we were having kids and so you yep. know, life goes on and you know, seven yeah. years later, here I am. I've got I've 50 dead ideas and one that's maybe one that's got some legs to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I imagine she's probably your, your person you go to more than anything about this stuff. Uh, does she get tired of hearing about it? Do you have to kind of keep a private life or is she engaged with what you're engaged with?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's, it's a little bit, a little bit of all of that. So, um, at, at first, like she wanted to be involved in everything and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she wanted to participate in the decisions and, and know everything that was going on. And, uh, um, um what what ended up happening is I think I think this happened on the home trip business is like you know Mike and I would be working on stuff and I'd fill her in a week later on some progress and she's like, oh, I didn't know that that had happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, yeah, so, you know, Mike and I were working on it, and so it, it, there there became a little bit of friction where she felt like she was she was on the outside and she uh-huh. didn't she didn't know what was going on yep. and she wanted to participate and be involved in it, um, and so we had some friction like that for a few years with with some projects and then <clears throat> actually I, I do have one um, successful project. I'm I'm in the timber investing business. Yeah, um, I was wondering if you can bring it up. And uh, uh, so when I got into that. Um, before i actually jumped into that we had this conversation where she was she was very frustrated with um you know I was going at this speed and, and not filling her in with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and was she, it, was it because she wanted to have a voice in it or just wanted to know what you were doing? I, I think she just wanted to be involved. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she wanted a voice. Um, sometimes she wanted to, to be involved and, and participate. But a, a lot of it was, I, I, I think, you know, she had come to that conclusion of like, yes, I see your dream. I want to be a part yeah. of this. And then I, I probably treated it like, okay, got your endorsement. Thanks. I'm yeah. going to start running. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, so with, mm. with the timber stuff, um it, it came to a head and she finally said, Look, I I'm gonna support you in this, but I can't be uh involved like I wanted to be because I'm just gonna continue to get frustrated that I'm not Aware of everything that's going on, mm. and I just need to trust that you're going to make good decisions. Yeah, and so then I went down that road of the of the timber business with with some partners, and and we've actually made money on that. So that we'll count that as a win. Maybe, maybe I'm a half entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how people work with their
0: wives because uh, not to say that wives are, are like dead weight or anything. They're they're the voice of reason and smarter than I am. My wife is. But we just shared a room together at one point when we, she started working again. I'm like, oh, I got the home office. Like, we can just put a desk in there for you. <laughs> just like we made it like a week or two. And she's like, I can't do this. You talk way too much. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so to have somebody that's like, oh, we're business partners and we do, I'm like. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you're on a, it's a time bomb or what, but, um,
1: I don't, I don't think we could ever work together in that sense. I mean, we, we've got this, I think I give instruction in a way that feels like, um, like I'm Pharaoh. Um, uh, and i may yeah. or may not have been called pharaoh in the past <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so you know we're i think we work better in in the you know cheerleader support yeah um, support roles. see so.
0: i feel like i would uh i would be kirsten in this instance and Brittany would be you yeah. <laughs> like don't talk to me that way <laughs> you know it's interesting is i actually uh Brittany, one of her previous jobs i put an application in to be her boss essentially and i was just like are you cool with this because like, i think i'm actually really qualified she's like no and then the next day she's like all right yeah it's fine and then they ended up just canceling positions i was kind of like oh thank god <laughs> it's like been kind of sexy though like yeah. hey we work late nights together do you really want to raise i'm gonna get fired <laughs> um well so here you are all these years later still still grinding it out And what what is it that keeps you going? You know, what's it like to bet on yourself? And, I, I, you know, you've had some minor successes, but probably more, I don't want to say failed attempts, but more attempts that didn't pan out. Why why still go after this point? How have you not given up yet?
1: Yeah, so... Um, for me, it's, it's about freedom. Uh, and I mentioned uh, earlier on the, in the podcast that I think my family, my blood, um, we just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> we don't like having, uh, you know, other people having control over us. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, that's, that's what keeps me going is, um, I, I think if I was, um, you know, in, in a, in a perfect job, um, then I, then I would never have these thoughts about, um, you know, working for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's what keeps me going. Um, and then the other thing is like, you know, there is an element of, I just, I love thinking about this stuff, you know, the, particularly the power stuff, the energy stuff and the technology. And so yeah. I'm always just thinking about, Oh, you know, what if we did this? What if we try that? you know, maybe this will work. Um, so, so that's kind of uh, almost a, a hobby in a sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, uh, you know, the news articles that I read and things like that is all about this stuff. So. You, would you say you've kind of changed your, uh, goals
0: of, you know, maybe early on was like, Oh, I need a second bit. Like this is going to be my full-time job to, to it's almost even more of a hobby or is it still a drive? Like this, I'm going to do something until I make it. And this is my full-time job.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think it's driving towards a hobby. I mean, so, so no matter what I do uh, or, or what I think that I'm going to do, um, it, I, I do think it's still going to be work. The, mm-hmm. the only thing that, um, it, if somebody gave me a billion dollars and said, "Go do whatever you want, but you got to be working," mm-hmm. I, I would um, start a rocket pack development company. Um, <laughs> that's been my dream forever. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think um, uh, I, I think it'll all be work. Um, so it it it's very interesting to me. I like this stuff. But um, if I if I get to this point where it is, um, uh, you know, I classify it as this has been a success, um, then you know maybe I'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Try something else. Do you think you're somebody that will ever fully retire? Uh, that's a great question. Um, th- uh, no, uh, the answer is no. But I also work with somebody who's who's uh, 74 years old. Um, his doctor told him that he's got the body of a 60 year old, um, and he's going to work till he's you know till he, he he can't think anymore. I <laughs> I don't see myself working um, as hard as he does um, yeah. at that age. But I I don't think that there is um, really biblical precedents for just stopping to work. I agree. Um, but what is, you know, what does it look like? Um, you know, maybe my my focus turns away from things that make money and things, you know, maybe I can do things that are more serving or, you know, yeah. things like that. we just pour into other people.
0: And right. that's kind of my vision is like, I told Brandon, I'm like, I don't ever want these guys who just plays golf and that's all I do. And I live in the villages and I'm like, there's always, cause I think there's something more to give. Like, imagine you get all the way to 65, 70, whenever you're able to retire and then you're just like, and I'm done with that. Yep. Like all that knowledge, all that experience. And you're just going to sit on it now, uh, and I think
1: it, to your point, like your brain would go, it, it starts to deteriorate if you're not challenging yourself. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and and I don't know what, <clears throat> I don't know what it's going to be like for me when I get to that age. I know right now, like when I go on vacation, I'm I'm like restless, like I'm always mm. like I was just I was on the beach this weekend with my family, and it's you know I was supposed to be relaxing. You know, I was having fun with the family and the kids, but yeah. I'm just still like. Almost like anxious, like what you know. What, what can I be doing? What, yeah. what what can I be doing to be productive? Um, and so I, I think I'd have a hard time with that. You know, the the, the classic retirements, you know, yeah. villages, playing golf, all that stuff. I'd, I'd need to be building something, making something, yeah. studying something. I don't know.
0: There's there's such a um there's a reward in, in doing something I think that sticks around or that, that produces some kind of fruit. Like I literally got into gardening cause I'm like, Oh, grow your own food. This is great. Was <laughs> terrible at it, you know, but that's kind of how I got into woodworking. And it's yeah. like, I'm like, I want to build stuff that I can use or build something sticks around. And so for me, like that's where the books kind of progress. It's like, I want something to be sitting on the shelf one day. I can point to it and say, I accomplished this. Even if it doesn't, you know, even if I don't quit my day job, it's still something I can be proud of. Um, so with, you have three kids, two daughters and a boy, let's say it's 20 years from now, they're listening to a hit podcast by then. <laughs> God willing. Um, what do you, what would you want them to know about your dad, their dad at this age and, and maybe pull from you and the lessons you've learned and, yeah, or man. avoid
1: some of the mistakes even. Good question. Um, for me, work ethic is really important. Um, I, I think, um, being able, I think we were created, I believe we were created to work. Um, and, uh, I think we we're created to work hard and, and work effectively. And so I, I would, I would like for them to look back and see their dad as a hard worker. Um, but I also want them to look back and say, you know what? My dad loved us mm-hmm. and you know, he had these dreams and maybe he accomplished them. Maybe he didn't, but you know what? He loved us and took care of us and provided for us. So those are, those are some things that are important for me as yeah. I raise my kids.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you want your kids to basically do better than you, you've done. That's and right. I think about this sometimes, like, I may never make a dime off of podcasting or music or writing or any of the billion things I've tried, but, like, what if my kids, like, kind of take it and run with it, and they're like, hey, Dad, I've started writing these songs. Can you help me with what, you know, I could teach them guitar or, or something. So, I, I, that's the stuff that really excites me, too. And, obviously, I do this stuff because I enjoy it, and you want it to be successful, but it's almost like you're planning ahead and and like you said like to maybe even just pick up the work ethic from dad and like is he out there trying to prove himself to you know, his ex-girlfriend, like, I, you told me i never become something, like, you know, <laughs> or is he out there working because he sees the value and he sees the good, and um, so I think that's awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you being on the show. This was super, super awesome to have you on, and uh, I think we, you come back on once you once you hit it big with yeah. this uh, energy project here. We'll keep uh, you posted. Yeah, well, what should people know about you? You say, like, all right, be watching your newspaper because Poop RS is about to, <laughs> what's it called again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no I I, I would say um, uh, you know for me I, I, I love the energy industry and the energy industry used to be um, you know this this dinosaur industry with a bunch mm-hmm. of old white guys um, that have have been in there for 35 40 years and just in the 10 or 15 years that I've been in this industry it's it's changed so fast um, and uh, it's 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 really fun right now because you don't know what uh, what is coming next and like you know we're a week off, we're a week after um, yeah. the blackouts in Texas yeah um, and six months after the blackouts in California and so you've got this push for uh, energy diversification and getting rid of fossil fuels but then this tension of well but people don't want to go without power when it's zero degrees outside mm-hmm. um, and so just seeing how the globe is, is being impacted by energy is really interesting to me, and not knowing what is going to be the next source of of um, long term energy. So yeah. that's that's a market I'd like to play in, and and uh, we'll see if uh, if if uh, that actually happens. That's
0: awesome. Oh, one final question I had: uh, any books that that you, you you've enjoyed that have really kind of yeah. Me drive so
1: this. Um there was one and I call this a mindset changing book. Um, and it's, it's embarrassing to say the title, but, um, the fact of the matter is it did change my mindset. It was recommended to me by, um, uh, a mentor at my, uh, my previous company. It's called the millionaire Fastlane, lane. Okay. Um, and it's about a guy who, um, he wanted to be, a, the whole book was like he wanted to be rich. Um, and he didn't have skills, uh, like, like, uh, you know, musical skills or, or athletic skills or things like that. So, um, <laughs> he finally just sat down and started reading some books while he was working a, a night job, you know, security or something like that and taught himself how to, how to program, how to code. Hmm. And he built a, um, a cab driver lead generation website, um, in, you know, during the internet boom mm-hmm. and just created passive income for himself. And so that that's kind of his story. But then the whole book is just about, you know, how, how do you, how do you, how do you get to that level? It's not, it's not, entrepreneurship is not um, following the path that society tells you to follow. So he followed a different path. And um, that was really good for me because I was I was in a job that was really interesting to me at the time, but it, it was that typical societal path of you go work at this company, you do this, you progress, you grow, you yeah. learn, and and that's your career. Um, and, and that's not what I wanted. And so that was a, a breakout for me of like, oh, you know, this isn't, this isn't what a career has to be. You don't have to be on that that linear path, that straight yeah. up ladder, yep. right? You can you can go bouncing around, and you can you can find something else. There's another way to make a living. It doesn't have to be working for the man. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's called the millionaire flat fast lane. Millionaire fast lane. Man, I've talked about
0: this book all the time. I don't know if I talked to you about it. Uh, Range by uh, David Epstein. No, I'm not it's heard. Kind of talks it. about a similar concept of. Uh, basically they use two examples of tiger woods and roger federer at the beginning of the book and R- tiger woods dad was like golf club in your hand from day one he wrote a book called uh tiger method or something like that golf golf golf, golf that's all he did and he's great you know he's the greatest then you have roger federer who like was kind of into soccer kind of bounced around digging into tennis i think till late high school and um uh, still one of the greats as well so they talk about like the, the idea of range of like all these different skills that you have, like, like along the way, like to not just think like I tried this and it didn't lead to anything. or I tried this and it, it's like, it's all accumulating knowledge and it, and it helps to um be divert, help you be on diverse teams, bring in different perspective and stuff like that. Anyway, I was thinking of that book the whole time you're talking. Cause I'm like all these different ideas, all these different experiences. Yeah. uh It's not just, well, I tried that and it means nothing. I tried that. And it means nothing. I do think it's building to something and, and we're, all, all of our life experiences, everything we go through is not, doesn't have to be meaningless. And I mean, there's a lot of WTF moments of yeah, what was the point yeah, of that? Yeah. Um, but I do think it's leading to something, especially, you know, if you believe in, in God and you know that your life is more than just blipping on the radar for a little bit.
1: So right, it's all right, right. well, if I, if I could leave with, with, with one thing for those who want to get out of the path that I'm in and get into the, the actually <laughs> actual entrepreneur path, um, is, is just focus and execute. Um, and there, there are a million businesses out there. There's a million ways to make money. Um, just pick something that's interesting to you and focus on it and and put all of your energy behind that spear. And don't get distracted when it when it gets hard. Mm. Just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining, man. It was awesome to have you.
0: And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully next episode will be How I Made My Millions. That's right. And you can buy me some better equipment.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan.